Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Legionnaire Podcast as we review Season 2, Episode 3 of Loki. And I forgot what the title was called. Will, do you remember? I was going to say, I actually don't remember if uh, it set it off the rip. Let me take a peek here. Oh, 1893. Oh, yeah. I was like, because I, I remember seeing it. I was like, dang. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a fitting title for what happens. Um, I like this episode. I did too. It was fun. Um, it really, it kind of, it got into the goofy side of Marvel I a little bit that. more. It, it did. It like, on the surface it's goofy, but like it digs deeper at points. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. It, it's, a, it's a really good blend. Yeah, the fluff, like the fun... This ep- like there's a lot of uh the score is what makes it fun and this feels like a movie from that time period now the 1890s i don't even think i don't even well there i know like aspects of film are being looked into um i don't remember when film became a big thing um bro was america even a country i'm trying to remember actually there's have you, do you remember that old movie where it's the moon and uh, maybe you the don't. bullet hits the moon yeah that's yeah i don't i don't i don't remember that i well yeah i mean we weren't alive for it but um yeah sorry i just had uh i go <laughs> this is gonna sound really dumb i googled when did abe lincoln die because of a character that pops up in this episode <laughs> really <laughs> i did I knew it was before that, but I didn't know how far before that. Yeah. Um, but no, what I was saying, well, when did, wait, when did he die? 1865. Ah, okay. Don't worry. Doesn't know. Doesn't know when Abe Lincoln died. Bro doesn't have any ears as well. Um, what I was going to say, he couldn't hear. Oh, (laughs) Oh, my Lord. (laughs) It's been like 200 years. He's fine. Um, Dang it, actually, well, we're getting closer, so. But anyway, sorry, what were you saying? Um, We're actually closer to the year 2040 than we are to the year 2000. Okay, you and everybody else on the internet has been saying that, and everybody's posting the image, or the the reel of Ryan Gosling in Blade Runner 2049, laying down, dying, staring at the snow. It's like, yes, time moves forward, everybody will be okay. So speaking of time, this episode is predominantly around i like that he who remains it's his backup plan for if and when he dies to one of the lokis he he has a bit of a backup plan in place for if something happens and i like that i think that that makes sense yeah it's like nick fury hitting the captain marvel button at -hmm. the end of infinity war yeah so you were right where this episode revolves mostly around victor timely and i just want to say this Regardless of what happens with Jonathan Majors, if he's guilty or not, the dude is a phenomenal actor. He is I wrote, fantastic. Dude, I wrote Jonathan Majors is a chameleon. Mm-hmm. Yes. he He's playing so many different Kangs, and each of them is so unique. And they're not similar from one to... They're similar, but they're different enough where you can tell it's a different person. It, it That's true. Yes. And I, the whole, actually, I wasn't even thinking about, I mean, I, yes, I thought about that, but I was really thinking about his performance in Creed three earlier this year. 
Like, completely different people. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like he's an actor. Crazy. Um, That's his job. No, but he does such a good job of, like, giving Victor Timely this, like, boyish innocence. Just kind of being, like, caught up in... Spoilers, you haven't seen Loki. But um, he gets caught up in this plan that's way bigger than him and he's just like this dude along for the ride he's like i don't know what's happening right now Mm -hmm. i i really enjoy he i mean we see him as a kid but the episode focuses mostly on him being an adult he's a con artist the dude is just a straight con artist and i love i love it when the guy the mayor came back with the pants and he was expecting to make him bigger you look at victor timely He's clearly just squatting down. He's clearly just trying to make himself shorter when he's saying that he got ripped off by those pants. Yeah, and he's just and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll be back next week. We'll yeah, we'll I'll, I'll address the settings. You'll be just when he's like, oh, really? You will? Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, oh, I his costume as well that they gave for him. It's it feels it like picked out of that time period, and I really like it when. But so speaking of the time period, I was talking about the score earlier. I enjoy that that score when there's like chase scenes in this episode, which there are more than one. There's a frequent number of chase scenes that happen in this episode. They play like that upbeat circus music that goes with it. And I don't know at the beginning of the episode when they do the Marvel Studios title crawl. I really liked that, that they did that uh, sort of take on it. No, I did too. I wrote, yeah, I wrote that down as well. I was like, it was really funny just to listen to the, I, there's just like, it's this, another level of buy-in to the show mm-hmm. it's similar to when werewolf by night did the black and white thing we should do a like a one year from like a year in review not a year in review but like how did like what werewolf by night one year later one year removed from it yeah whatever we could watch it in color our... i don't want to watch it in color i know it kind of ruins the f- the uniqueness of it i'm bummed that uh i i'm bummed that the final scene in that short was in color it makes sense but i i wish that it just remained in black and white for the whole thing yeah i i did too i get why they did it but i just i I feel like like i understand why they're putting it in color but there's the novelty like novelty often fades with a lot of things but there's something about like living in an age where there's so much vfx there's so much investment into the media and how it looks like paying homage to what it came from is timeless and it's classic yeah i would i would agree that's very well said wow i was gonna i'm gonna be honest with you I was trying really hard to sound intelligent there because I knew you were going to clip that out because I saw you writing. I'm like, I have to sound way smarter than I actually am right now. I know. There's sometimes where I go back and I listen to what we said and, oh gosh, sound like a bunch of fools. Our Tom hey, Flurry keeps keeps going. Speaking of Tom, Tom Hiddleston, love him as Loki. Owen Wilson, I love him as Mobius. Dude, this buddy cop duo between the two of them, I love it. The banter between them is so funny. 
it's the like, tandem bike when they bust out the tandem bike to chase after Victor Timely. I would have loved to see the scene of them biking then to follow after him to his house. I think that would have been hilarious. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a deleted scene of that. I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. They're like, I bet Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson were like, dude, can we please get on this and ride? Like, yes. It looks like they're actually having fun too. I mean, even it's not like supposed to radiate that they're having fun, but it just feels as if I'm there with them and like they're doing their bits. And it's so, I love that stuff. Like there's such a good chemistry between those two. You can tell that they're actually friends in real life. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell when there are actors who are friends, like Chris, um, Chris Hart and Dwayne, the rock Johnson. I almost said Chris rock mesh the two together. You get Chris, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart. Can I say Chris Hart? Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking Chris Rock because I heard, I thought The Rock. <laughs> I was like Chris Hart, whatever. Kevin Hart, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. No, Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You can tell those guys are friends in real life. Yes, you can. Um. But you can tell Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson are having a blast shooting this, and it's awesome to see. <clears throat> um. What was I just thinking? Oh shoot! Keep talking about Kang. Yeah, no, there's a lot with Kang this episode that like we don't really talk about. Um, because specifically with the backup plan, all right, we gotta talk about Renslayer and Miss Minutes because they finally make their appearance again. At Renslayer, I'm not overly invested into her character and what happens, even though at the end of the episode they're supposed they set up something that she has a backstory that is unknown to her and to us that we'll find out at some point. Um, But it's more so her and Miss Minutes are trying to steal Kang to get to the end of time so he can be the ruler again. But they're both just chasing him for a love story and more so Miss Minutes, not Renslayer. Miss Minutes, I enjoyed that aspect because she is an AI and... I mean, this whole year, it seems like it's just like, oh, AI. They're AI everything. I know. It's just AI this, AI that. And AI don't care. Like, that's great for them. But yeah. And every time, like, Miss Minutes was talking, I just thought of, like, Believe by Cher. It's like, do you believe in life after love? Because she watched Kang die or he who remains die. And she's just like, do you Mm -hmm. believe? (laughs) And then she finds Victor Timely and she's like, why didn't you love me? Why didn't you make me a person? He's like, I have no clue who you are. Listen, I wrote this down when they're talking about we have to capture Miss Minutes. I'm like, how are you going to capture a holographic clock? Like, what's the what's the what's the aim here? How are you going to pull that one off? But when she, she was just like ripping him apart, I'm like, this poor nerdy guy is like, I the hell. <laughs> He's like, I had the longest day. I have been chased three times. I've had some crazy lady put a sword in my face. I've had this crazy floating clock tell me she loves me. That poor guy. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually feel... I The way that everybody's treating him, I can totally see why this dude would just absolutely have no emotion for anyone or anything because I swear he's getting turned on from one second to the next that he's so anti-partnership, which I don't really know why. Um... But then Miss Minutes is just raving over him. She wants him so badly, and she's mad at 
the one who died and she can't different i mean she can differentiate between the two but she still doesn't and then sylvie is trying to kill him and when he goes on his little monologue about how she doesn't know what's inside him she doesn't know his heart and his decisions i'm like i really feel for this guy and that is again credit to jonathan major's performance because it's not very it's it's not very deep stuff that like you're doing there where you're just like talking about oh this is a different version of this person i'm not the same one it's not that complicated of idea but the way that jonathan majors presents that and he like delivers his performance well, in that it's really good yeah it's the writing on it too like like i'm not the same person versus like i have like this is you don't know my heart that's a very different statement that is a very different statement yes I would agree. There was Sylvie kind of sucks, though. Dude, Sylvie. Oh, my. I have had it. No, I like it was crazy. I was thinking about this. I was like, it's crazy how this character that like I was so invested in and or so. Oh, geez. Excuse me. I was so invested in and loved watching progress in season one. At this point, I'm like, you are so annoyingly stupid right now. Yeah, I'm waiting till we get to the point where she turns again and she's at the end of time where she finds Loki and she's like seems to be more lighthearted and like there was so much character progression from her in season one and then she finds he who remains, she kills him, and now it feels like she's back at square one again. Um and I understand to a point where she's at, but if she's so obsessed with the life that she has right now and the potential of all of those just completely going away, if they don't fix the TVA, I'm like, okay, what's the risk to reward ratio on this? There's a lot more risk involved in this than reward. Or there's, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to get at right now, but I mean, she's, she doesn't make a ton of sense to me. No, her character doesn't make any sense to me right now because she's like, why do you keep like following me? Why do you keep doing this? I'm like, you, dude, you're the one who pulled up with the freaking sword and tried mm-hmm. to stab this dude. Like, nobody came to you and was like, ah, Sylvie. Like, yeah. she was, she came out of nowhere and just decided like, oh, I'm going to stab this guy because you're trying to save the TVA. Why are you trying to save the TVA? Well, because if the TVA isn't saved, time ceases to exist. And she's like, no, it's like, didn't you just tell us that you wanted a free life? Yeah, there were no McDonald's in 1893, so she definitely followed them there. And she went out of her way to kill him, and they clearly were not interfering with her. I feel like at this point, though, Sylvie, at this point in the script, they were like, she doesn't have much to do. And they're like, let's insert her here for this. And I mean... I get the part at the end of the episode where Victor Timely is able to give that little dialogue about how he's not, his heart is different, but it just feels like, oh, we need to use Sylvie because we haven't used her like at all really this entire season. Yeah. Her right now, what I'm seeing out of her, like parts of her character make sense where she just wants to live a free life, but then it doesn't make sense for her to be like, I got to kill this guy too. It's like, you knew this guy was going to show up. Like, so what do you want? Are you going to go hunt down every single version of him? Or are you going to live your own life? Because you can't sit here and say you want both. I don't even think she knows what she wants, which I mean, I guess would make sense. Cause I, 
if I was given, if I was presented with that opportunity where I let somebody who controls all of time and everybody's choices and he obliterates timelines to either let him live or to kill him, I would second guess my decision every waking moment. Bro, I'm letting that guy live. I'm letting homie live. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, yeah. When he made that argument, he's like, there are me. Like, listen, I am the nicest one. You may think I'm evil. But if I let this fly, I am the evil. I'm like, you're already pretty off the rocker. So I'm just going to leave you be. We'll let everything happen. So here's my question then. Do you think Victor Timely is like the first of the evil ones to like sort of unfold that we'll see? Because we saw Kang the Conqueror, but I mean, like a bit of a letdown. Yeah, that was not that was not the conqueror. I refuse to believe that the conqueror got just demolished by ants. But back to your question, I think he is going to turn bad right now because he's clearly a good guy. But this guy is just being used by every person, and he is going to get sick of this at some point. And he's going to shake the whole those Tibet scientist role, and he's going to be like, "I am Kang the MF and Conqueror." Like he is going to, yeah, no. We're definitely going to see him turn to be evil. I was going to say this, this poor guy, he's just getting left and right. Yeah. He's getting used by everybody for different motives. And he's, I mean, he, again, he isn't inherently a bad person, but there, I think back to, uh, in Harry Potter, when Dumbledore was talking with Snape and Snape has that line to him where he's talking about Harry and he says he's been raising him like a pig for slaughter. That's what I kind of viewed this as where they give him the TVA book when he's a child and then they're going to show up at a different point in time into this. I'm like, oh, you're just raising Kang to be the one that you want him to be. You're not letting him live his life and his choices. Well, that's literally the plan. It's like, hey, just pick this guy. He's really smart. He'll figure it out. Exactly. We just need your uh, DNA. Not really kind of thing. I will say, though, I'm excited to see the chemistry and the bouncing between him and Ouroboros. I wrote that down as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see that because he makes mention of it. I'm like, oh, these two are going to meet each other. Yes. My hero, Ouroboros. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Hell yeah. My man. Dude, I love, like, I really, like, Kihoi Kwan is so funny. He's like, he's like, we can, and Owen Wilson looks at me, he's like, we can hack the system. Really? You can? No, that was like a suggestion. No, we can't hack the system. We're just still all going to die. Uh, he would have been a great Jar Jar Binks. Not saying that uh, Ahmed Best isn't, but I mean, Kihei Kwan is so goofy silly. No, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I, I truly do not agree with any part of that. I think he'd be a good droid. I don't think he'd be a good Jar Jar Binks. I don't know. I was just saying that. He could be C-3PO. Sorry, oh, Anthony Daniels. No, we can't do that. Oh, no, we can't do that. No, like, <laughs> maybe not C-3PO, but he could be a good droid. Yeah, maybe. Let's get him in Star Wars. Let's get him on the horn. We really should get him in Star Wars. He's a happy But make guy. him a Sith Lord. Did you, know Lord. That, did you know that Kihei... Ki Hui Kwan was the stunt director in the first X-Men movie. He wasn't the stunt director. He wasn't the stunt director, but he did a lot of the stunt choreography for the movie. Shut up. Did he really? 
Yeah, he was involved in some of the stunt work that was done. He so he wasn't like a stunt double, but he was like the one helping. Like, all right, when you do this, like try and so there's like behind. I saw there were some photos that people had that were resurfacing of him on the set of the first X Men movie. No way. That's yeah. so. Hold. Hang on. I got. We do not this. need to fact check this. I just want to see it. Key. Way, Quan, X Men. Listen, oh yeah, how about that? Him and Hugh Jackman, yeah, right there, dude. Man, I'm, oh, love to see it, dude. That's awesome. I love the. Why am I thinking? Oh, I love everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a good movie. It's a very, very good movie. I truly don't understand. I Okay, that's not true. I can understand how some people don't like it, but it is, I would argue that is it is one of the most original and heartfelt movies of the last five years. I, I would agree with that. Like, Oh, man, I'm just I'm looking at pictures like they're like stills of him from the movie. I'm like, dude, I love that movie. It is. I mean, I, nothing against Michelle Yeoh's character, um, but Kihei Kwan's character is like my takeaway from that movie. And oh, when they're yeah. in that when they're in that rich lifestyle and they both have gone on their different paths and he says in another lifetime, I would have liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. I love that. I love that simplicity. Yeah, no. And. That like shows like people like listen. Yes, he's an actor, but I can see him being typecast as the silly, funny, quirky guy. That scene right there that shows his range as an actor when he's mm-hmm. sitting there and he's like this serious, successful man who that was his life. And like you see that versus like when he's a dad just laughing. Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's Here a we are, universal movie. Here we are again, talking about Kihoi Kwan. It's either that or the Batman. The Batman. Um, I don't have a ton left with the episode. Uh, there's two minor things. One, we got the uh, Caribbean of the Midwest, which I think is hilarious. Dude, Lake Michigan. The second big, the biggest takeaway of the episode. My lab is in Wisconsin. I know. Lower taxes, baby. I was like, I wrote down, hell yeah, baby, Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. So wait a minute. Victor Timely knows what's up. Bro, Victor Timely got his lab in Milwaukee. You think so? Probably, yeah, if he's taking a ferry from Chicago up. Yeah, there's no way, like, where? Where is it going? Kenosha? Is Kenosha yeah, maybe he's going up to Green Bay. <laughs> He's not going up to Green Bay. <laughs> Dude, a, who is Lairless? Hold on. Maybe he's going How, to what do you think the population? Well, I mean, maybe. Door County's beautiful, but what do you think the population of Green Bay was in 1893? Oh, like 10? You think it's 10,000? I want to say no, it's I meant like 10 people. <laughs> oh, 10 people. <laughs> I don't know. All probably right. like the entire Packers football team in that state. <laughs> All right. Green Bay population. If you haven't figured out, we're at the part of the episode where we start falling on fun tangents. All right, let's see. Green Bay population, 1893. All right, take take your estimate. I mean, 
do you have any idea the margin of error that could be held for this because i don't trust the statistics from 1893 but i'll take a guess and say it was like probably like twenty thousand people all right actually i have bad news i don't know if i can find it that's gonna be tough to pull um, that data hold on hold on all right national archives archives archives.gov census no this is wrong dang it no that's not it that's not what i'm looking for iron county Wisconsin genealogy. There probably wasn't a whole lot of let's all right. I'm gonna be honest. I probably should have looked this up. Yeah. So in 2020, the Green Bay MSA, I don't know, maybe that's the the all right, whatever. 107,000 in the pot as the census of 2020. There's definitely less than 10,000 people there in 1893. I was gonna say, I don't think Green Bay was popping back then quite yet. Has Green Bay ever really been popping? Let's be honest here. Like, listen, I love I mean, Wisconsin. Maybe after like the first Super Bowl. Actually, that's true. Probably in the first like that like run with Lombardi, Green Bay was probably like the place. Yeah, I mean because before <laughs> said, said no ever. one ever <laughs> say nobody. It's like How that, uh, Joakim Noah, where he's like, "Oh, that's fun. You like Cleveland? I've never heard people say I'm going to go to Cleveland for vacation." That's isn't that from uh Trainwreck? Bill Hader no, that, and LeBron? He's no, that's Joakim Noah. Remember in the NBA playoffs, he's doing an interview and they're like, Do you think Cleveland's a nice place? He's like, No, do you? I've never heard somebody say, Oh, I'm gonna go to Cleveland. That's true. Nobody I've never heard anybody say that besides LeBron when he went yeah. back to Cleveland. And then he decided to leave Cleveland again. And then he was like, What am I doing? Yeah. Uh a long, long story. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, you go. You go. I was going to make another joke about Green Bay, but time has passed. I the only other thing. So speaking of time passing, uh, I was just going to say we go to the end of time again, where we see he who remains, who has aged very much since his death. Now that's probably just death and decay happening. But <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun to see how time has passed there even though it's at the end of time. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't even think it's time. I think it's just, it's like, it's just biological decay. I don't like, it looks like the entire castle around it is crumbling too. That's because it's the time castle and time is itself is decaying. That's true. I, man, I will say this. I love that the MCU story is actually progressing. And I can feel it happening in this. Like, I feel like stuff is happening, even though it might not be major and it's not like some grand thing that's happening all at once. I like that. I feel it's going somewhere. And you have those movies like Guardians 3 where I'm totally okay with them doing what they do. But then you have stuff like Ant-Man 3, which just to me serves not really a major purpose when it does that stuff. It's just like a little one off. And then you have things like the Eternals, which I don't even know what the hell is going on with that. I actually thought about watching the Eternals recently. I was like, I should really just sit down and watch it. I mean, you can. I to me, it's not that outstanding, um, especially for even MCU standards. Dang, that's a that's a harsh that's some harsh critic or criticism. I, I, it's got such a great cast too. It's got Richard Madden, Gemma Chan, 
It, it, it is kind of, dude, they had Angelina Jolie. That her name? Uh, An- yeah. Angie Jolie. Angie Jolie. Whatever. Same Ex-wife thing. of like Brad Pitt. A Jolie. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, right? I am on the Wikipedia page of Green Bay. <laughs> God bless. Um, actually, speaking of Gemma Chan, though, I don't have much else with the episode. Do you? Uh, it was good. I loved it, though. I think Victor Timely meets OB. There, we're gonna have some really fun interaction. I think we're gonna start to see him like scheming and get evil. We're at the midseason. Uh, we are at the oh shoot, we are at the midseason. I think this is where I reveal to the world I have been watching anime. Oh, I've been watching Vinland Saga. As Will has been telling me to probably for the last year and a half. It is a very, very good show. And that an Attack on Titan. Yeah, I okay, I have to get back to Attack on Titan. I just been really into Vinland Saga recently. I'll say this. We were talking about this before we started. I understand that we're dumping a lot of money. Well, not we. The big movie studios, the big studios, they're dumping a lot of money into their live action shows. They can only put afford to put out six to eight episodes. And that in the 24, like right now, Vinland Saga season one is 24 episodes. And people are like, there are filler episodes sometimes. It's like, listen, if you're writing the story properly, you can make filler feel important. Yes. And I wish, and I'm looking, even looking back on Ahsoka, I wish Ahsoka was like 10 or 12 episodes like how did andor like it's dude i everything comes listen okay there are three through lines on this podcast at this point like two of them have like grown over time and one of them has like been like oh actually all three of them grown over time that's not true they all occurred during the podcast's run he Huai kwan is a through line in this podcast the batman is a through line on this podcast and andor dude andor was 12 episodes we have Yet to like have something scratch like the greatness that that show was. I would agree. That's why it's my number three Star Wars project. It's yeah, it's so strange. That, that level that of show, writing is just, it is so good. It's like. <sighs> seeing it's that not, quality of writing from Star Wars is not something that I would have ever expected in my lifetime. I never would have guessed that Star Wars would have that good of writing, and it makes me so happy. Yeah, that. I can't dude, that. I know I've said this like 10 times on this podcast at this point. There is something special about like fall last year watching the best Star Wars TV show come out. There was right something now. there was something so special about watching all of that come like it come out and like I'm sitting in my crappy dit this dit this crap whatever, you know, I whatever I can't. The chair that's right there. Yeah, that crappy old chair watching Andor come out after work, drinking like a sparkling water, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. Mm-hmm. I even though those episodes were still releasing at like 2 a.m. on a Wednesday, I wasn't watching them until Wednesday night. So I was like, doesn't matter if I have like an hour and a half of free time at noon. I want to watch it at night. I want to sit down, 
have like dinner sitting sitting next to me and just love this episode and because there's something about just watching tv at night like it feels more natural it does and it's asinine that it took disney this they've had disney plus has been a thing since 2019 dude wait yeah yes 2019 it has been the thing since 2019 and it took them this long they had it kind of at first with the Friday releases, even though it was at midnight. Then they really undid it with the Wednesday midnight releases or Tuesday, mid- whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. And they finally figured out like, hey, mimicking cable isn't the worst idea in the world because like HB, dude, HBO is like the really silent rich man who has just been making moves the whole time and has always had it right. Wait, who? HBO. Uh, With their... I'm sorry, Max. Um, It's always going to be HBO. You cannot... Like, HBO is like... Could you imagine if, like, the static television that, like, comes on with hbo they change that to max (laughs) that'd be terrible that would be be, that would be like a war crime being committed like no you keep that as hbo you do not change that um tony soprano did not die for that to happen tony soprano did not die on max he died on hbo yes we're gonna keep it that way for the rest of our life do you remember this uh, teacher from high school who remained nameless, but the impression that our friend did when he go Maxwell? Yes. I do. That's what every, every time I see Max, that's what I think. I'm like, Maxwell. Nice. Yes. Um, but the, yeah, no, like the, what we're getting back to, like HBO releasing, shut up. Don't even say it. HBO gonna... releasing. House of the Dragon and The Last of Us at Sunday evening. So perfect. So that's, perfect the whole time. That's every HBO show. It's like any HBO show, it's Sunday night. Euphoria, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, Last of Us, anything. You name it, it is um, winning time. Like that stuff is coming yeah. out at Sunday night, eight or nine o'clock. And it's good because that fits their time slot. Like, you know, like, okay, this is what we're looking forward to in the week. I'm going to be honest. I feel like even Disney Plus should do that. Just pick one day in the week when you do your Marvel and Star Wars stuff. And then people will just go and watch what they want to. Dude, they could own Thursday. Like, they could really, like, Thursdays, I look forward to. Because I'm complaining about the days of the week that they drop their episode. <laughs> but those dumb Wednesdays, the middle of the day. No, you have yeah, those people who have no jobs or their job is literally to spoil the stuff that comes out. Like, no, but like, seriously, pick a day, pick a time. You're going to drive engagement that way. It's like this whole, like, yes, streaming is awesome because you don't have to wait to watch stuff. We're such an instant gratification society. But having that availability to watch whatever you want is smart. But like, the release times that cable had still has. I'm, I'm talking like it's dead. That's so special to have. Mm-hmm. I digress. So looping this back into when you were talking about Finland Saga. Yeah, no, there should be 
like tw- there's 24 episodes in Vinland Saga. Season one. We we need to have more than eight episodes to tell. If you like, you can tell a story in, you can tell a story in three episodes. Like the first three episodes of Andor, that's a story. Yes. But that's like just a movie. And you're like, oh, this series is just a really long movie. I'm sorry. That doesn't work. This whole like long movie format does not work. Like mm-hmm. you have to like tell a long TV series. You have to tell a, like, this whole long, like long movie does not make sense narratively when it comes to television. It just doesn't. You can't just show a rising action episode. Like you can show a rising action episode. Exposition episodes are boring. Then the climax yep. episode happens. And then everything after that, you're like, all right, what's kind of happening right now? And then the client, or sometimes the climax is the end of the show. And it quickly resolves like this, like Ahsoka did. And it made no sense at the end of it. Yeah, you have to either commit to the pandering that's going to happen when you do more than like that. Because if you're trying to make it into a long movie, then you're going to have pandering that just doesn't feel proper. But if you do it in a sense that where it's like an actual TV series, you will have pandering that feels progressive to the characters into the story where it's not like a detriment. So there's like two different types of it where you have filler, where it's filler that's you have an important plot that's progressing nothing's happening to the characters or the plot and it's like why is this here but then you can have stuff where it's serving characters more narratively than other stuff would so i don't know anime is great it's just the thing like there i don't know me armchair quarterbacking the ever-loving crap out of hollywood right now it seems like everything that i see like when people like oh this series is gonna feel like a movie it's like dude Great TV has existed for decades. Like it has existed for decades. It doesn't have to just be a long movie. Just make a movie. Like seriously, just make a longer movie. Freaking Martin Scorsese released a three and a half hour movie. And from everything that I'm hearing, Killers of the Flower Moon is like a banger. His magnum opus at this point. It's like a super, maybe not his magnum opus, but like it's super heavy and it's super well received. I know I raised my eyebrow because... Are we watching that this week? When is we'll it talk after. Is it... Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, I think it comes out today, though. That's a that's an investment. That's three and a half hours. But <laughs> dude, that's a long time. You were just praising could... it, and then you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I probably do. we'll talk but... about this later. No, for real though. Like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I. The wonders that watching anime does. Uh, you should watch another show on when you get the time. Um, when you're not like trying to watch other shows, Barry on HBO. That oh, man, Bill Hader, is at his finest acting and writing in that series. It, I could not predict from one episode to the next what was going to happen. It is such an off the walls, outside of the box show that never in a million years I would have guessed. From where the series started, I could have anticipated where characters went, but what happens and how the characters get there, you could have given me a million guesses and none of them would have been close at all. Maybe I will. I don't know. I'm a very busy man. Yeah. I am, I am the most interesting man in the world. I got this to say, though, um, and I'll minorly complain about it. Uh, you should watch Jujutsu Kaisen. It's a great anime. This is what I have to say, though. Every person who reads Jujutsu Kaisen manga 
you know that it's releasing well over two years, three years before it actually gets animated. And they just love going out there spoiling what happens in the story for everybody else. They love doing that. And it is miserable because now I just know the biggest spoilers for the entire series. And I hate it. I hate Jujutsu Kaisen manga fans because they just love spoiling it for people. So stop. You are, I know you clipped this out. I know you like, you had this, you're clipping this out to post for us to post. I would like to say to these Jujutsu Kaisen manga fans, please don't send a bunch of hate mail to our account after that. Um, nah, no, seriously, but let this do. No, but like if Harry Potter was coming out, dude, like if the Harry Potter books were out and they were making the movies now, social media would have just spoiled the like bejesus out of it. Social mm. media. Dude, that is probably the most double-edged sword of the 21st century right now. Oh, I love it. Wait, yeah, people are like, oh my god, the world is so terrible. And like, yes, there's like very sad things happening in the world, but and people are like, oh my gosh, people are so crazy. The world, like, everybody is nuts. It's like, dude, there's always been crazy people in the world. You can just hear a lot of them now. Yes, they have a platform to speak upon now. Like. Yes, like you can find news out more now. Like you can find see more news now, but like you have internet access, and all the other kooky people have internet access. So people are like, oh my god, there are more crazy people now. Your generation's so screwed. It's like, dude, I know you. Like the listen, when old when old heads are out here, like, oh my god, you guys are so screwed. Like, dude, there are so many lunatics their age that just never got access to the internet. Nobody really heard their voice where it's like, listen, bro, calm down with all of this, like, generational shaming. Yeah, I mean, when they say that, I'm like, that's cool. Why don't you turn on your monitor, buddy? I'll wait. You're gonna end up paying some guy, like, $200 just to come to your house and do that. Change the input on your TV. I dare you. Yeah, try to figure that one out. But, um, I don't have much else to say to you. No, not really. Uh, I will say this though, since you talked about anime, uh, before we say goodbye, I have finished a decent amount. So I know I haven't done my, uh, rank list. So you're raising your hand. No, continue. Okay. Um, what? Continue. I, I have lore to tell you later related to after just tell your story just tell your story i'll tell this i'll tell this to everybody once you're done with your story okay um so my current rankings for what i have right now although nobody cares um first attack on titan second midland saga three hunter hunter four jujutsu kaisen five i have the thousand year blood war from bleach uh that's a little stipend because technically it is season 17 but I'm going to put this as its own thing because I'm not, these aren't ones I'm telling you to watch, but dude, oh man, this, that's, that was gas. Um, six full metal alchemist brotherhood, seven cowboy Bebop, eight neon Genesis Evangelion, nine demon slayer, 10 berserk, 12 violet evergarden, 13 spikes family, 14, the original bleach series, 15, my dress of darling, 16 cyberpunk edge runners. And then I've got like a watch list of like eight more to go, but uh, top dude, jujitsu Kaisen is probably going to crack top three but vinland saga and attack on titan are cemented at number one and number two if i saw vinland saga before i saw attack on titan it probably would have been vinland saga 
Yeah. That's my ranking. I've seen a lot. Dude, um, I do I don't know what they're doing over there in Japan and those creators of the manga, but holy god, some of them they're so they are so creative. They're so creative. Well, they're not cooking stuff up just for the big bo- or big bucks at the box office. Like and they're writing it as like it's like a book. I mean, yeah, it's an it's a comic book kind of um as like as us westerners would call it, but like they're writing it as a book and then there's just a studio that comes along and they're like, "Oh, okay, we'll animate this then." And I love it. I, I do animation. Oh, the boy and the heron. Dude, that is a star-studded cast. Of yeah, voice that actors. cast is bananas. I haven't even seen the I haven't seen the boy and the heron. Is that a real thing that's come out yet or is it the just the English dub movie? It's the English dub. The movie comes out in December for United States. So we will English be dub. watching that. Yes. Oh, I'll watch that. That's the, I'll, I'll, yeah. But no, I think that's, we could like die. Do you, we could spend a whole episode on like the cultural differences between Japan and America and how narratively America, this could sound like a gross generalization. Our narrative ability is stunted by our capacity to appreciate media. Interesting. And when I say that, it's strange because then movies like Oppenheimer get a lot of love. Mm -hmm. But then people can't, if one episode is bad, they're like, I don't want to watch it. Like One. you have, sorry, sorry. No, I was just saying you have to have like that popcorn episode, but to get everybody in, it's just, I'd love to sit and really look at narrative differences and like how culture plays into that. It's good. That's a good little thing to invest into. What's this lore you found? All right. Uh Oh, I have no idea where this is, what this is going to be. In 1850, oh, Green Bay had a population of 1,923. That's 1850, though. You, that's another 43 years, Cal. I'm Listen, okay, hang on. Large numbers of Belgians immigrated to Green Bay in the 30-year period between 1880 and 1910. Significant numbers of English immigrants, many having first lived in Canada, also moved to Green Bay during this period, usually arriving as large families. There was also a small Dutch community in Green Bay at the time. Green Bay had a large portion of first-generation immigrants from France that had a larger portion of first-generation immigrants from France than any other Wisconsin city in the time as well. So So if we were to narrow down, I think the pop... Okay. By 1950, the city had a population of 52,000, almost 53,000. The hunt for the population of Green Bay, Wisconsin in 1893 continues, but we have a range. Yeah, of like a hundred years. <laughs> if you no, did we like range, we have a range of like seventy. Okay, even okay, so pick seventy years, Cal. Do nineteen sixty to two thousand ten. Okay, listen, man, that's different. That's a whole nother. Yeah, you're right. Because 1960, we would be lucky if we could like 
get a plane in the air sometimes. By the end of the decade, we were getting shit up to the moon. <laughs> we are getting people to the moon and back safely to Earth. <laughs> yes. And then in the 2000s, we had the lovely internet that invented. So, I mean, um, I don't have a ton else to say. Do you? No, I, I'm really invested in figuring out what the population of Green Bay, Wisconsin was. Well, you can, uh, we'll just ask an AI tool. Last chat GPT, and I'm sure it'll find it. Okay, let's do that as soon as we log off here. Sounds good. We'll um, keep you guys updated in the next episode. Thank God. Uh, yeah, other than that, I guess we'll talk to you in the next one. Peace out. Bye.